0: Freak. And <laughs> I'm with a very, very happy, pleasant, splendid league freak. How are you doing there, mate? Oh, always happy and splendid and pleasant. Yeah. So um you're pretty happy about tonight's game?
1: <laughs> no. We got uh, we've got the weakest weakest fucking forward pack. It's weak as piss. And it's got just this it's got a backbone like a shark. It's made out of fucking cartilage. They just banned, they banned in the face of a bunch of teenagers. What a bunch of fucking weak cunts. And,
0: um, well, let's get some good news in there, okay? The, the club's yeah. made a big signing during the week. Um,
1: Trent Barrett's going to be an assistant coach. Yeah, because, like, any time you can get a guy that ruined one club, you got to fucking get him on board, eh? And you know what's stupid is that if, I, if the club can find the money to ever pay out Ivan Cleary, then Trent Barrett's next in line. How hilarious is that after all of the shit that I've said about Trent Barrett being a dope? And that's what he is. He's, a, he's not a first-grade coach. He, he'll he be really good at the under-20s at Penrith where any idiot could coach them, eh? Uh yeah. See, the the problem penrith
0: got at the moment is their attack. Yeah. Um, and they don't have a coach who knows how to do that. Yeah. And so they've brought in another coach who doesn't know how to do that as well.
1: <laughs> and I but at assume least we, they're yeah. going
0: by the rule of two wrongs make a lesser wrong? <laughs>
1: well, here's the thing, right? Like, Trent Barrett, he's absolutely trashed his reputation. And he's trashed and he thought that he can coach people to be any sort of successful team. And so you get him on board and you just know that any time that there's a function out of Penrith, he can put the seats out because he just turns up with a, like, what's that that place where you hire the uh, trailers from? What, Kennards? Kennards, yeah. He pulls up with a Kennards trailer full of fucking Ikea seats and he just lines them out. It's better than going to one of those uh, those fucking agencies where you get someone for the day. You just get Trent Barrett. Give him $250,000 to do that shit.
0: You know, he'd be great as a public speaker because he'd not only bring himself to do the public speaking, he'd bring the chairs as well.
1: Yeah, that'd be handy, eh? Yeah. We should check that we're fucking working, hey? Let me check that we're working. It looks like it is. Is it?
0: Have yeah. you checked it? I, I can see it on the on the um, the live feed there. I dare say one of our audios isn't working because that's usually what happens.
1: Yeah. Well, we we like to <laughs> we like to give people fifty yeah. percent, and then they can pay for the other fifty percent. Let me see that it's working. working. Hang on. There. Well, we, oh, we, yeah, we uh, fucking can be heard. We like to give people. I think we nailed it for the first time properly. I know. That's the first time we've gone live, right. and it's been just 100% beautiful. We're be bound to fuck it up entirely from here on in every call Yeah,
0: pretty much. So did you watch the game tonight? Uh, I was watching a bit of it. It was hard hard to watch. You know, what? you know what? I was watching it thinking, this looks like I'm watching the West Tigers from 2018. Mm. That's yeah. how limited Ivan Cleary's coaching is, and I must admit, at, at the time when when Cleary left, because he would made so many huge changes to the to the Tigers that needed to happen, yeah, I was a bit disappointed that he left. But looking at the way Penrith are playing under him,
1: I'm sort of meh. I don't mind anymore. Yeah, could you ima- could you imagine Maguire at Penrith? Could you? yeah, yeah, in my dreams (laughs) I wonder how many Penrith fans who wanted Griffin gone last year and now Mm. begging for him to come back I never understood it I never understood, there were so many people that were like uh, they were just pissing and moaning about our attack and I just looked at where we were on the ladder because I don't give a shit about our attack really, it's like I don't need you to play pretty football just go out there and win the fucking game And that's what they did last year. And this year, I mean, we threw the ball around all day in this game. And we were beaten up the guts by a bunch of teenagers on the Broncos. It's just pathetic. Well,
0: last year, the club averaged 21 points per game. Yeah. That's
1: five points per game more than they're averaging this year. Yeah, and look, people people are going to have a go at uh, Nathan Cleary. Let me tell you, he's worth a million bucks, that kid. He is such a good player. Like, not one shred of anything bad belongs on his shoulders for this year, and it's going to be because they're going to connect it with his dad being the coach, which is always a problem with doing something like this. But Nathan I mean, what do you think of Nathan Cleary's performance this year? I'm,
0: yeah, I, I can't blame him. I think too much of the problem is... Ivan Cleary. It's not because he's the father of Nathan. It's because Ivan Cleary Mm. is not a coach who knows how to coach a
1: a threatening attack. It's weird because across the middle third of the field, all we do is shuffle the ball. There's no decoy runners. There's nothing. It's just shuffling the ball across to the edges of the field. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. Prior to this game, okay, I'm just looking at the ladder from
0: last week. At the end of last week, okay. These are the teams who have scored less points than the Panthers this year, okay? Yeah. The Titans by one point. Is that it? Yeah. The Bulldogs uh, by 49 points and the Cowboys by 14 points.
1: Wow. And the Titans attack this year from day one has been atrocious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, the Panthers, though, have got reasonably good defense. It's better than a lot of the teams in the top eight. But yeah. um, their attack is just dire. Yeah. It and, and like, lacks venom. It lacks venom. Yeah. It lacks any variance. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much like he says to, to Nathan Cleary, try and make something happen. But there's no one else around is working with him. And so when you've got a halfback who's trying to create opportunities... And there's no real structure for any of the plays in attack. yeah every every end of every set is just going to be guesswork.
1: yeah, and there was a play tonight where I believe it was clear he got the ball out wide and he was just and it was closer to the Broncos line and it was just there was nothing happening. He basically had to take a hit up. And when we're in the middle of the field and we're close to the opposition line, we literally just take hit ups. Like we don't throw anything at the the team. When we get out wide, we're a little bit dangerous, and that comes down to the like. And ne- I hope Ned Zellick's listening because that comes down to the individual brilliance of our outside backs. I love Ned Zellick. Hey? He was. I always wanted to be a soccer room when I was a, a real little kid at school. I'd say. um it's due to out on one side, and I think Naden's on the other, or is Naden on the same side as Kickout? I they're
0: on the same side
1: now, are they? Well, you know what? Kickout's been switching sides in the last few weeks, and I remember you saying he should start doing that, and he has started doing that. And Kickout is really the only player that we've got up front yeah. that is any sort of attacking worry to an opposition team. There's no real
0: force through the middle. No, nice. And- no. It looks like they're keeping the same pack rotation for next year, which means it's going to be the same again next year. Mm. They need someone there to fire up those middle forwards. And I know Mark Carroll apparently was talking to Campbell Gillard this year, and he couldn't even get the job done. So Mm. I don't know how you scare Campbell Gillard into playing harder.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's weird with Campbell Gillard because he, he will have small patches in games where you sort of think, oh, he's back, you know but it just stops, it just disappears, and they did it again tonight. And there's so many forwards, you know, for the Panthers that just don't, they often, no one is worried about playing the Panthers back. No one, no one at all. And I tell you, another player that they're not worried about, and it's Edwards at the back. Like, like what does he do in attack? Like, you list all of the attacking fullbacks in the game. Edwards has got to be in, like, the last three at best. Yeah, as I said, I've, I've
0: always thought that Caleb Akins looked like a better fullback for the Panthers and, than Edwards did. Yeah. He just... The kid runs the ball back a bit harder. He makes good metres every game. Um, I'd like to see him get him a, a regular run at, at uh, fullback there and put Edwards on the wing. I think he'd be fine mm-hmm. on the wing because mm-hmm. he doesn't have much in the way of ball skills. And it doesn't look like it's developing any further either. He's just going to be a ball runner at the back, which in today's game, you need more than that.
1: Yeah, and he's not even all that good of a ball runner. Like, he's not someone that's going to have power you, and he's not someone that's going to get you on the first few steps, the first five metres, and he's not someone that's going to just outpace you. Like, I, I just wonder what they're expecting out of him, because I agree with you. It's not like he's developing into... You know, someone that's got a nice passing game or something. And I know he's a young bloke, but at some point you've got to start looking for that spark. You've got to look for that extra thing. And I just don't think he has that extra thing that you need to be a fullback. And there's a million great fullbacks in the NRL. Like, there's heaps of them. Apart from Clint Gutherson, who's a reserve grader, um, there's heaps of great fullbacks. And Edwards, just I just feel like he's not a first-grade fullback. Yeah, no, I'm, I think, as I said, I think
0: he'd, he'd make a good winger. That's about where his level's at, I think. Um, either way, they've got to change something up. They can't keep sticking with mm. what's going, what they've been doing because it's been failing most of the year. Yeah. And their attack is... It's not even close to dynamic. Like, as we said, no. like the Titans have only scored one point less than this year. And they've been dreadful. Yeah. They've been dreadful. Yeah, so... Um, and they're another team that's playing with no real direction in attack. Yeah. And given that they've lost nearly every freaking game this year, mm-hmm. it just shows you how bad Penrith is.
1: Exactly. They, I mean, it's, it comes down to individuals doing something amazing. It comes down to Nathan Cleary running for the line. I mean, he's one of the best uh, halfback halfbacks I've ever seen in terms of just deciding to run the ball when he chooses to and stuff. He's amazing at that.
0: The problem he's got this year though is that he's had to, he's got to run the ball more often because there's no I he's one halfback who seems to have the least number of option runners either side of him every week. Yeah. And more than not that means he has to take it to the line and hope that something happens. And that's the problem though is that if you start doing that too much the ball running in the halfback starts being a bit um, easier to defend and easier to predict when it's going to happen. And that's making it easier for teams to shut him down. And again, that's no fault of his. He Mm -hmm. needs forwards running off him. He needs Edwards running, hanging around his inside there. Um, Need option runners out wide. Get the defense stopping from sliding.
1: Get them making second guesses about who's going to get the ball. None of that's happening. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, he is always taking on a sliding defense because there's no one stopping them. There's no one at all stopping them. And it's it's almost a miracle that the outside backs, I mean, Tao has been phenomenal. He's doing it on effort. Naden is doing it on effort. Um, you know, Kickow is doing it on, like, just this ridiculous power running that he does. But no one's doing it because they're setting up really nice plays and running through big gaps. I mean, how many times do you see a Panthers player run through untouched? Like, it just doesn't happen because they're not opening up those gaps on the inside. And it comes from, like, not having that threat in the middle of the field and they're not having any options in terms of ball runners that are coming through the line. That's exactly right. It's um, It's
0: something that they really need to work on is – You've got to put that defense in two minds, especially close to the line. Penrith close to the line, look about as threatening as, I
1: don't know, a dead magpie. (laughs) And the magpies have been dead for years. (laughs) (laughs) There's just nothing there. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And the scary thing is that, uh, you know, Ivan's come in this first year and, you know, it's, it's, basically Griffin's team for the most part and I worry about who he is going to sign for the club because when we were talking about it last night, some of his signings for the, the Tigers are nothing short of catastrophic and I wonder who they're going to be looking at over this off season because there's always plays that become available um, you've got to wonder who they'll be looking at. I hope they don't look to sign someone like Packer Um, up front, I I just wonder where they're going to go with because this team is, and we talked about it really early in the season this team is basically locked in for a number of years like this is their team and they're not going to change the half back obviously and I don't think they need to, they're going to have something different, I mean they're going to have Burton next year by the look of it um, when Maloney goes over to France but it's not like they've signed any any forwards or anything and the other thing i i think about penrith too is that you look at the game tonight they made so many mistakes and had so many just you know, sets they didn't complete. And that's been a problem for them for a long time. And Griffin sort of got that under control a little bit and they got up to fourth place because of it. I don't think anybody has any issues with the fact that Penrith can play some damn good footy. But when you throw in all the mistakes that they make, it just kills them. It kills their their entire run and it's killed their season. Yeah,
0: and... Well, I, I mean, it killed their season very early on in the year too because there's very little difference between the way they're playing now and when they were playing on that horror
1: run of form at the start of the year. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. And I, I wonder if it's if the difference has been that teams have settled after Origin and they've lifted or whether it's just the Panthers have fallen away. I think it's maybe a bit of both. Um I don't know, see
0: the I don't think the Panthers have, have looked threatening even when they were winning those games. You gotta look at the score lines there. They were they were barely scraping home in those games. There was yeah. very little difference between their best and their worst. Yeah, yeah. They were just lucky, I think, to be playing teams during that origin period where there was a fair bit of um you know inconsistency from some teams during the origin period.
1: Yeah, they sort of got lucky through that area, kind of like Newcastle did as well. Yeah, and and I think that that's a really good comparison because they've sort of had a similar run at a similar time, and I think that they're both reverting back to where they should be. Yep. Although Penrith should have been in the in the top four. Well, I mean I was listening to the, the commentators tonight and they were saying like every there were not everyone, but there were a lot a lot of people that were saying that Brisbane and Penrith were two of the teams to beat this year. Now I never got it for for Brisbane. I really did. There's too many too many issues with their team and I always thought that. Um but Penrith I really did. I thought that they were set for a run and it just you know, didn't happen for him, And, you know, they were in fourth place last year when they sacked the coach and they've signed Cleary to a massive contract and, you know, it's it's a package deal with him and his son, basically. And, um, man, it, it hasn't worked out.
0: All I can say is for all of those West Tigers fans who have been salty as fuck ever since Cleary left the club, Mm-hmm. Have a look at the way the Pants have played this year. Calm down and be thankful that he left. Yeah. Because, and this is the thing I was, I was saying the whole time, a lot of fans are sitting there getting their shits over Iron Clear and they've got all this hatred towards him for leaving the club. A, be thankful that he came in and cleaned out a lot of the roster that did not need to be there. And he cleaned out some of the um, coaching staff that had to go as well. Yeah. Huge things. And they are both positives. They need to happen. And B... Look how crappy he is. <laughs>
1: Big yeah, I mean...
0: We, we upgraded from him to Maguire. That's the first time the Tigers have made an upgrading coach since Tim Sheen's replaced Terry Lamb.
1: <laughs> that's... Oh, my God, that's terrible, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's, uh... Yeah, I mean, if if there wasn't so much involved in terms of the long contract they gave him and his son being at the club... I mean, I would be saying it's you know clear he just hasn't worked, and he de- we don't need to see anymore because you know just look at their attack. Their attack is dreadful, it really is, and the the issues that we've had all year are still there. Um, you know, if the coach can't sort out all of the drop balls and the penalties they give away, I mean, what's he saying to them? Is he ever saying to them, "Hold the fucking ball"? I I feel obliged to ask.
0: Yeah. Knowing that you're in the mood. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you might see where this is going. Yeah. I don't actually. I'm I have no idea, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> Given the way the Panthers are playing, with the roster they have yeah. and with the decision
0: to hire Trent Barrett. Yeah. Can Ivan Cleary challenge Matthew Elliott for the worst Panthers coach?
1: No, no, not at all. Matthew Elliott, all right, first of all, fuck you for saying this at Uh, this time. You've got to think about it, man. Nah, nah. Clearly he's got a very good
0: squad, and last year this squad was scoring points at Will whenever they needed to, and now they can't score a fucking point with 80 minutes on the bloody clock.
1: Matthew Elliott brought through two local juniors in two years, right? And he had the Queensland fullback who had an old prick of a forward talking shit to him openly in the media. Matthew Elliott was so bad that when Phil Gould come in and started talking to all the players and saying, what do you reckon about the game plan? They were saying to him, I've got no fucking idea what we're supposed to be doing. And he sacked him immediately. <laughs> he had to pack up his fucking wind chimes and his incense burners and fuck off. <laughs> and it was the best thing that ever ever happened to the club because he destroyed the Canberra Raiders, right? They I mean, they're still trying to get over the Matthew Elliott era. They're probably out of it now. But man, it took us fucking five years to get over the hangover of having that failure, that catastrophic failure. Ruin our club from top to bottom so badly that we almost went broke. My point here, though,
0: is I'd argue that Ivan Cleary has a better squad at his disposal than what Elliot ever had when he first walked into the joint.
1: Well, okay, can you, okay, bring up, okay, hang on, bring up that fucking team that fucking what's his name had. Can we bring that up?
0: The one yeah. 20, when Elliot first arrived?
1: Yeah. Rugby League Project. 2007. Okay. And then we're going to uh, teams. Paul Aton, Matthew
0: L, uh, Matthew Bell, Maurice Blair, Joel Clinton, Matthew Cross, Jeff Daniela, Brett Furman, Liam Georgetown, Michael Gordon, Craig Gower, Tim Grant, Michael Jennings, Luke Lewis, Junior Moores, Brian Norrie, John Moali. Marco and Keith Peters, Luke Prutus, Frank Pritchant, Frank and Tony Pulitua, Luke Rooney, Jared Sammet, Nathan Smith, Peter Wallace, Trent Waterhouse, Riss Weso,
1: Richard Williams, Brendan Worth, Nick Youngquest. Okay, so here's the thing, right? He has basically the core of a premiership winning team from 2003 still there, okay? He's got a couple of good youngsters in there as well. I remember seeing Junior Moores at Mount Drill Workers Club one day, and he is maybe the biggest human being I've seen outside of the pool of tours. He was fucking huge, um, yeah. I, I, like uh, Matthew Elliot ruined our club. He absolutely ruined it, and like he, he managed to turn one of the best junior bases in the entire league into just a, a, a full stop for any young player. I mean, how do you bring through? two junior plays in two years when you're at Penrith. It's almost impossible. Yeah, but they uh, they scored almost 200 points
0: more than the current Panthers side did. Yeah, but how much did they give up in defence? Well, this is the thing. Maybe the club should have hired Matthew Elliott to be their their attack coach and not Trent Barrett. No. Wow, this conversation's (laughs) gone somewhere
1: great. We're now debating the merits of Trent Barrett versus... Versus Matthew Ellis. I think they both belong on the same sort of tier because they're both shit and they both don't belong in the NRL. One should be stacking chairs in Bunnings and the other one, I mean, who listens to fucking ABC radio? Seriously. Will we get more (laughs) listeners? (laughs) I'd hope so. (laughs) It wouldn't be difficult. (laughs) So... Is the Panther season over? Yeah, I, I think it is. I, I like they're in what eighth position now. Um, I think the Sharks will win on the weekend. I think it's all over. I think it's all over. Red Rover. They should start looking at where they're going to be having their Mad Monday. I know they've got to turn up in suits and drink fucking mineral water if you ask the media. But uh, yeah, it's all done. They need to look towards next year. Well, you don't think they're going to beat the Cowboys and the Knights? Oh, they'll be, they should beat the Knights. I don't know about the Cowboys. Jason Talmalolo is having this week off, so next week he should turn up and, you know, against their fucking softy shit pack, he's going to run for like four hundred meters. I reckon, eh? Well, maybe if you put kick out lock, it might help to yeah. the flow. <laughs> you just say to kick out, look, I don't care where you are playing, just stand across from Taumalolo and tackle him. Yeah. And then run at him. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be. they too. They're such a. I mean, like, I don't know how to rate kick out. Hey, because he he runs wide, which is fine, but he's such a he's so damaging as a forward. Um, I just don't know how to rate him. Hey. Yeah, he's got the. Um, he runs the Gareth Ellis line. Yeah. A bit
0: too often. I'd like to see him do a bit more running another man in from the edge.
1: Yeah, just every so often. Yeah. Every few sets of six, and just do a hit up. Edward
0: should be told, I don't care what you're doing, if kickout
1: has got the ball, I want you running somewhere near him. Yeah, I would I would actually sew a pocket onto Kikau's shorts and say, you know what, I want you to try and run and jump into his pocket whenever he's got the ball. Well, see, maybe Edwards needs something a bit more obvious. So
0: I think maybe when, when the Panthers have got the ball, yeah. tie a chain around Edwards' neck
1: <laughs> and tie it onto well, the back of kick <laughs> <of> Kickass' pants. <laughs> what if they gave him one of those, you know those leashes that like run a little bit? Yeah. You know, the ones that have like a 30-meter run or something oh, when yeah, you've got the, a dog. The, the retractable ones, yeah, that's what he needs. Yeah. Yeah, those ones, and maybe like a collar as well that you can shock him when he gets <laughs> he gets more than ten meters away from kick out. It shocks him. <laughs> just imagine that he's out the back and just having spasms everywhere. Yeah, it would be. I mean, apart from being hot, it would just be fantastic for his football. It'd certainly improve the uh, the, the visual aspect of watching Panthers games. Oh, it'd be fantastic. <laughs> He'd <laughs> <It'd> be... he <laughs> looks like he was breakdancing out the back. <laughs> Penrith could start putting Midnight Oil songs at their games. <laughs> oh, shit. That'd be fantastic. This would make Penrith Rugby League so much better. That's better than having a fucking horn that you blow before kickoff. Yeah. Like the poor cunts in Canberra have to go through. Yeah. You should blow your horn before a game of footy. Ugh. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit.
0: Well the other thing too is um moving on from Penrith. Yeah.
1: Um the Tiger season ended last night as well. Yeah, we're both we both follow shit teams. Yeah. What did you think about it? Um kind of expected that performance. Yeah, it, it, you know when when little had his leg just annihilated. Yeah, you kind of got the feeling that the universe was lining up. eh? yeah, uh, poor bastard. Like, yeah,
0: I ran a poll about little. Uh. It got quite a few votes, to be honest. Yeah, uh. um, I think it was two two hundred and two hundred and eight. Yeah, votes this poll got. It went for for just one day and it was should the West Tigers be thinking about getting rid of Jacob Little? And it's a tough one to make because you, you're getting rid of someone who's just got injured again. Mm-hmm. 50% voted yes and 50% said no.
1: Yeah, look, I, and I've said to you, I think that when you've got a hooker that is even slightly injury prone you just can't. You can't do it. Like
0: that's the thing. You know. he's, he's such a young bloke,
1: um, and
0: he does have, he does have the potential to be something brilliant. And as a lot of people said, you know, Benji Marshall was in G as well um, at the start of his career. The difference I'd say is Benji's freakish ability was far more obvious, and had already been a match winner at the same time in their careers. Yeah, yeah. Like at the same time the cruise, benji had played twice as many games. He'd won a premiership and played test footy. And that's that is the difference. And that's when Benji having what two or three shoulder reconstructions and a knee injury or something like that. Littles had, I think, one more injury. I think he's done both shoulders and both knees now. But yeah, or a hooker.
1: You yeah, can't be getting around with busted joints like that. No, nah, no, nah, you can't. I tell you what. You tell me. You tell everyone our listeners what you think of where the Tigers are and and how their season finished. And I'm going to take a break because this beer's getting to me. I'll just be back in a second. Fair enough. Um, yeah, look the the Tigers.
0: I think they overperformed a fair bit this year, um, given the squad they had, and given that they're kind of tied in with a lot of those guys they've got in the side who are chewing up much of their salary cap, I also wouldn't be surprised if they're stuck with all of them next year and this side is probably somewhat worse next year. So, I think they're going to need to buy a hooker who can play 80 minutes because it looks like Little's going to be missing part of the season next year and he's going to miss another offseason again. Um, I personally think they should stick with Little and I just want to see what he can do when he gets one full season under his belt. I think he'd really come to the fore, but at some stage, if the injuries keep happening, you, the hard calls has got to be made at some point. I don't know when it is, but it, it can't be too far away. Um, yeah, that's about enough of the serious talk. I'm wondering what Freaky's getting up to. Got any questions for Freaky? Should we get him drunk? That'd be a good question. Um... Don't know if anyone saw the meme that I created today, taking the piss out of uh, out of Penrith. All right, I'm back. There we go. I just, all right. I, I just told him about that time he got arrested for sex sex crimes.
1: First of all, allegedly. I mean, come on, man. And second of all,
0: <laughs>
1: I've got nothing. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh man. So what's this fucking meme that you started? Yes. Did you like it? It's the first one I ever made. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, um, uh, I did like it, actually, um, but I can't remember it. <laughs> All right. Let me... It's got a
0: picture of, of Ivan Clear at the top, and he's yeah. looking, he's looking bemused, and he says, how on earth do I fix our attack? Yeah. And then Trent Barrett's beneath him smiling, saying, I fixed Manly all by myself. I did me. <laughs> and Cleary's smiling and says, hired.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. I, I think I retweeted it, didn't I? I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure I, re- I liked it and retweeted it. Yeah, I liked it. Like, uh, why would you sign someone that's turned themselves into a, a punchline in rugby league? Yeah, I I don't get why they brought him back. Yeah,
0: it makes no sense. His, like, his, what's he going to add? Here's my view on coaching staff and stuff like that. Okay, yeah. If they're that good, they would never have left in the first place. mm
1: Hmm. Why? Well, I back? remember. I remember when he was he was in our lower grades and that, and he was talking about he wanted to coach a first grade team, and I just never saw anything that indicated he would be a good coach. And he had success with our juniors, but who, you know, most of the coaches we've had has have had sex, they haven't had sex, but they've had success with our juniors. (laughs) And uh, yeah, yeah, you just—he's never indicated that he'll be a first-grade coach. And look. I don't know how he'll be as an assistant coach. I feel as though there's some people that are really good assistant coaches and they can't make that step up. But, um, you know, I I just wouldn't have signed him. I think with all of the stupid shit that he carried on with, I would not want to be associated with that as a club. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that one. (laughs) Can't agree with that at all. So Okay, so looking towards next year, and we've talked about this a little bit, we think the Tigers are going to have a rough year next year. Um, yeah, a it's going to depend on
0: what Holbrook can do with the Gold Coast basket case. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to do much. I don't either. So I, I don't think the Tigers are going to get the spoon, but I think they're going to mm-hmm. be lower than ninth next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you reckon that they'll? Do you reckon that McGuire will be able to clear the cap of a few of these players? I mean, there's uh, talk that uh, Josh Reynolds will be gone. Um, yeah, look, you know, needs to, I mean, I think
0: there's talk that they're going to get um, a medical retirement for Ben Madalino. I think. Yeah. Um, that would help because he's on quite a quite a big contract. Um, mm-hmm. If Reynolds can can leave, even if the Tigers going to pay out half his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, if they have both of those happen, then they'll have freed up close to a million bucks.
1: That <laughs> Which helps. is crazy. Um, yeah. Like, do you think that next year Maguire will be looking to just blood junior players?
0: Yes and no. I think next year, well, in this off-season, he has to find a hooker. Yeah. We need an experienced hooker. We can't have another rookie coming up and expect them to be an 80-minute hooker from from scratch. So we need an experienced hooker there. I don't know who we get. Don't know what's available, but I think that's going to be his priority at the moment. Because um, even if Little's fit, you know he's been playing for four years. He's played thirty-eight games. He is yet to play an eighty-minute match, I believe.
1: Yeah. So we're going to need another hooker anyway. I wonder if you could get either Rain or um, Pete's from the Gold Coast, like either one of them, because they've got. I mean, it's weird. The Gold Coast have the best hooker rotation in the nrl by by quite some way i believe and i think that they're both starters personally and i think that the tigers could get one or the other i'd love it if they could get pete's yeah he'd be handy he'd be brilliant um maybe they can do a
0: swap deal so Mm -hmm. the titans can have chris mcqueen back and we'll take pete's (laughs) thanks jason taylor
1: <laughs> oh jeez. that's a you know he didn't he get injured on he the weekend uh, on Thursday.
0: He did. It was just more the timing of it all. Like we had mm-hmm. a ton of back was there. It was going to be hard for anyone new to the club to come in and slot into the the back row there. And
1: he had a few injuries which are untimely, and he never got never got his spot back. Yeah. What do you reckon about thing? the? What do you reckon about the? And it was one of those news articles where. The club obviously put it out there like Chris Lawrence, eh, we were thinking about getting rid of Chris Lawrence, and the club puts it out there saying, oh, it might be time for him to retire. You know what I mean? Um, I thought it was a little bit harsh, but I think that we've both seen that coming.
0: Yeah. Um, the time's got to come soon where Chris Lawrence has to sit down and think about the long-term effect these horrible injuries he's had are going to have on his body for the rest of his life mm-hmm. I mean in the space of what six, seven years he's had to have his he's had to have um, you know major work done on his hip after he dislocated it mm. um, he's had his face rebuilt mm-hmm. just unluckiest bastard ever because these are injuries that happened on the field they weren't he's not he's, he's, I wouldn't say he's an injury prone player because these aren't repetitive injuries. These are two completely different freak shows things.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's had like three or four, like, catastroph- If catastrophes. If and we talked about this the other night. If the whole squad had had these injuries over the last 10 years, you'd say, wow, they've been unlucky. And it's all happened to him. Yeah, it's insane. Um,
0: and so for me, it's hard to say I want him gone. But as a as a club, as a business, I think it's something they need to look at. Um, and it's more for his own well-being. It's not because he's chewing up big cap space. He just isn't. Mm. I mean, he's very affordable. Um, I don't even think he's on four hundred grand a year. So it's not exactly expensive. And for the experience he's got, and he's still relatively young. I think he's only just turned 30 or 31 or so. So... It's not like getting rid of him is something they need to do to free up cap space. It's more of a decision they've got to make in regards to his well-being. Yeah, um, and I think I think it's something they they should probably do. Um, yeah, they've also got to look at. They've got a few weaknesses in the side. They need a goal kicker. Oh, one hundred percent genuine proper goal kicker. They need a fullback, and they need a hooker.
1: And those three things are not cheap to buy. No. Although I, th- I feel as though fullbacks, I mean, you look across the league, there are a lot of players that can have a go at fullback, and a lot of them can do a decent enough job. I also think there's probably a, a number of players in the lower grades that are just looking for an opportunity. Um, man, I'd like... If they could have got DWZ, I'm still filthy that they didn't get DWZ because he would have been perfect for them. You know, having a proper, decent athlete, you know, in the side, in the outside backs. But at the same time, if they got a Darryl Halligan style winger that could basically do nothing else but kick goals, they really need to do it because there's some of the games that they've lost this year just purely on goal kicking um, and it's been dreadful for them
0: yeah well I mean it's been two games in particular There's the first one against Penrith this year and mm. that one last week against um, the Bulldogs mm. that's the difference between them being in ninth place and being at you know seventh yeah yeah a- two, and two it- games about goal kicking that's it I mean the same goes for Cronulla with their goal kicking so yeah it shows how important it is to have a good goal kicker there isn't one at the
1: club it's just a whole of yeah. part-timers. And having to change goal kickers mid-season, I mean, that shows how bad it is to go into a season and saying, look, you're the dude. It's got to be a, a difficult decision for a coach to go up to a young bloke and say, listen, we can't have you kicking the goals anymore. You've cost us too much in terms of games. Um, it's a big decision to make, but I've, I've, you know, it hasn't helped them.
0: I've had a thought about who they could sign. Who? I'm not saying this with any great joy, but if they're after a genuine goal kicker and nothing else, Aiden Caesar. He's been kicking mm. it in his career
1: around eighty percent. So you have the—is he staying at the the Raiders though, or is he off contract?
0: Don't know, but with George um, George the Nose coming,
1: the Snoz, yeah, that's he's a good. They've got
0: Sam Williams there as well.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: There's going to be too many hook, uh, too many halves there. Some would have yeah. to leave. And I think if the Tigers went to Canberra and say, "We'll take Caesar off your hands," yeah, Camper would probably say,
1: "Yeah." Where would you Where would you play Caesar though? On the five eight. What about Benji though? What would you do with him? Probably move him to fullback. Really? <laughs> Holy know. shit! I don't know. I.
0: He's got to be somewhere where he can still do something. He's still got the step. This is the thing that's been surprising, is this year we've seen him bring out the crazy steps. Mm. Um, haven't seen him for years. He's been bringing them out the last few weeks. It's been great to see. Um, no, look, I wouldn't put him at full back. I'd probably put him at centre somewhere so he can still get his hands on the ball. He hasn't mm. played there a few times um, and didn't wasn't disgraceful. So, probably put him there um, or just have him as a super sub,
1: perhaps. But, See, I would, I would have Caesar. I'd just chuck Caesar on the wing. That's what I would do. Yeah, I
0: don't know. I think, I think it's someone who they should go after. The goal kicking <laughs> is something they really need to fix up. And plus, if they had Caesar there, then it means if they get rid of Reynolds, they've got a, they've got a half who can, you know, who's a, who can play at NRL level, I mm-hmm. guess. Um, once Benji's gone as well, so they don't need to worry about that. And he's not going to cost the bank either. No, nah, I would sign in for two years if yeah. they were going to do it. Yeah. See, I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, then you can focus on spending a bit of coin on on a hooker perhaps or a fullback and mm-hmm. some props, some second rows and a lock <laughs> and some centers and a winger, maybe two. Mm.
1: Wow. Fullback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the Tigers went to Brandon Smith and said, We'll give you a million bucks what would happen? Melbourne would say we'll give him one point
0: one million. You reckon? Yeah, because he is he is Cameron's replacement. They are not letting him
1: go. Not in the world. Yeah. But they'd have to do it this year. Like if that say say they freed up all that cap space at the end of the year, could the Tigers say to Brandon Smith, We'll give you one million bucks. This year, coming up, and Melbourne, it, I reckon they would struggle to come up with that money. Because you could say in the in the following year, you've been 1.2. But if Melbourne say, well, we're going to make
0: Brandon Smith the starting lock all year so that he's actually in the run-on side every game, knowing that the next year he'll be at his preferred hooker spot,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then he's getting... Regular first grade appearances, 80 minute appearances, which is exactly what he wants, knowing he's going to have the number nine gig for good at a team that's going to be successful. Yeah, that's a good point. And so I think Melbourne's got too much bargaining power in that arrangement. Same, same thing goes for if they were to approach Radley, it'd be exactly the same situation. Because they're yeah, just sole tr- players, Bruce's just say, like, oh, we'll just put him a lock.
1: Yeah. I tell you what, though, I would I would put the question out there and make them make a decision. Yeah. I really would, and it, like I I agree with you. I think that for Smith, the, he could, he could be playing at the Storm for ten years, and he might win like three premierships, you know, at a canter if you look at the Storm Storm lineup. Um, but I'd make him make the decision. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, like there's no one really out there that i look at that is so far above all of the young players that are playing hooker um i think he's i mean i think in a couple of years time he will be when smith retires it's very likely that he will be the best hooker in the world um and yeah i would i would say to him make the decision you know and and put that pressure on Melbourne. And I don't think that the Tigers could lose chucking it out there saying, we're looking for the best of the best. We're looking to build something for the future. But at the same time, you do that. And I mean, when Brooks comes off contract, he's going to say, well, I'm not going to take less than a million, you know? Um, but yeah, I, that's what I would do.
0: Yeah, those are two signs they need to look at. They need to be smart about who they buy, and mm-hmm. they can't be long-term signs. They've got to be short-term ones. So yeah, two two-year
1: deals, stuff like that, mm-hmm. and make them play for contracts. Yeah, I think they need to get through the next basically two years, and when they come out of that two year, those two years, I feel as though if Maguire has brought through junior players and they'll have cleared some of that cap space and they should be ready to for him to finally build a team for himself, weirdly enough, after all that time.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's going to take him two years to clear um, McQueen, Reynolds if he can't find another club, and Packer. Yeah. Uh, Do
1: you know, when does Packer come off contract? He's got two years to go, I think. Oh, that's
0: unbelievable. I think Madalino does too. Not sure. See, I think that's both what signed a four year deal, those two. That's crazy. Thanks, Ivan. That's what you got coming
1: up for you. I know that, and that really scares me. That really, really scares me because there's some of them contracts that Ivan Cleary signed for players there that as they're just catastrophic for the Tigers. Yeah, they're lumbered with them
0: and they're big deals. Like, I've looked at newspaper reports and they're on six, seven hundred grand each. Yeah, it's nuts. It really is. So they've got to sort that shit out. And once they've got that done, I mean, they're going to have have freed up, you know, two million-odd bucks. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they've got some... If if he's developed those juniors really well, he's signing one superstar and some depth players. And it could be enough to change the team.
1: I wonder if... Uh, you know, I I wonder who will be available then for the Tigers. Huh.
0: Well, in two years' time, if they've got $2 million spare, mm. there's a certain K-Ponger looking for $1.5 a year to be on the market then.
1: Mm. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, and I've said this to you, if for I was Gold the King Knights, God. yeah, I, if I was the Knights, I would, I would just say, yeah, you got it, Caelan, don't worry about it, and I will just sort it out, whatever they've got to do. Um because I would guess that there's going to be a bunch of teams signing him, but if I would tell you what, if the Tigers could get him, man, it would be awesome, eh? Hey? Yeah, they won't. <laughs> I know. That, yeah, he'll he'll talk Warren? about going there, and then they'll sign. He'll sign for the Bulldogs. Oh,
0: we've got Warren McDonald as the uh, the recruitment guy, so he'll probably go and sign. <laughs> oh, let's see. Darius Boyd, yeah. <laughs> come on, he's a, former, sign... he's a former Test player. He's also Tomo. thirty-seven. Yeah, Tarmo, he'll get Tarmo. Yeah, get Tarmo, get him in there. Um, <laughs> Tony Williams, yeah, <laughs> give him a lifeline.
1: Uh, Jason Moody again, yeah. Jason Moody will come out of retirement forty-six years old. <laughs> like, he bet he's re- kept himself in good shape. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I used to hear use stories about him being out behind the locker rooms, you know, smoking cigarettes and stuff before games, trying not to get caught. I don't know if they were true or not, but it just sounds bloody funny
1: to me. I like, hope so. doing that. He was a pretty good player. It wasn't for the Tigers, yeah. but he was a pretty good player at his uh, best. His, his first first two
0: years at the Tigers, when he first came over, he was pretty good. Mm. Um, yeah.
1: Oh, boy. So is there anything good to talk about? (laughs) Well, uh, here's a question for you. Who are you going to, considering both of our teams are fucked in September for the finals, is there any team that you would uh, see pleasure in winning the title or would get behind to a certain degree or anything like that? Um,
0: Well, I'll be going for the Sharks because I need to live in this house. Yeah, I
1: get that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, but if they bow out, I hate to say it, but I think probably Canberra. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I, I just like it when someone different wins the premiership. Yeah. And that's a good twist on the, on the season, also the upcoming season. And I think that'd be pretty cool. Um. Yep be interesting. I'd be happy for any of the 16 teams except Parramatta to win a premiership. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'll rephrase that. I've got nothing against Parramatta. I just don't want to see Mitchell Moses win a title.
1: Could you imagine? Oh, man. That would be hilarious if Mitchell Moses ended up Weirdly being the next Peter Sterling in that way, like <laughs> Parramatta just went on some ridiculous run, and Mitchell Moses was a poster child for the NRL. Ah, oh, it would uh, be so bad. That's never going to happen. See, i i i kind of i kind of want the Storm to win. Hey, I don't. Yeah, I get it. I know that I'm an outlier in that. In terms of being an opposition fan and all that. I just I really like watching the storm. I like what they do. I like everything they do. I love Cameron Smith, you yeah, know. Their crusher tackles. I love their crusher tackles. <laughs> I think Barb deserved a fucking ring, a fifteen thousand dollar ring on your Barb if you're listening. Um and I, yeah. I was gonna hit up uh gonna hit up Todd and say, you know what?
0: Any chance my missus can get a fifteen grand piece of jewelry as well? Because you know she's married to someone who does a lot of work
1: in rugby league. Exactly. But It'd I'm, be you know I figured it might be a bit rude if I got if I got needy and asked for it. But do you reckon the cutoff point is four hundred games when you get the fifteen thousand dollar ring? Well, I don't know. Is the stipulation it has to be NRL games,
0: or has James Graham's missus got something as well? Well, people were bringing that up, eh? Hey? Well, maybe she got something that was worth seven and a half grand, given he spent half his career here.
1: Yeah, well, I don't count Super League games as first-grade games or even first-class games. No, we it, Yeah, yeah, I've pointed that out during the week. I had a bunch of poms upset at me about that, hey? <laughs> um, so, if only their opinions well, mattered. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I'll go into something else here. I, I posted a list tonight mm-hmm. of the most expensive 17-man team for 2019. I saw that who've played 10 games or less
1: yeah go through it because that was really good I think people were assuming I was
0: talking about them being just shit players but I'm not I'm just saying that they were you know injured or dropped for whatever reason and they have only played 10 games this year or less that's all so um to you I'll go through the team okay you give me a rough idea as to how much you think this team would cost okay okay so Gareth Widdop Ryan Hall, Jack Bird, Joey LaLua, Totai Moga, Josh Reynolds, Ash Taylor, Russell Packer, uh, Friend, Ben Madalino, Chris McQueen, Wade Graham, Guerra, Foran, James, Peets. And I was tossing up between Trent Hogginson or someone mentioned to me Shannon
1: Boyd for the last spot. Man, I was thinking, you know what? Not too much, and then you got to... Uh... Who was oh foreign. You got to foreign and I was like, Oh Jesus, we're getting up now. Um Man, I would guess that that's around ten million, the the NRL's cap. Yeah. It's gotta be close. it will go close, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. I mean to foreign's on a, a whack yourself. Yeah. Yes. Um Yeah, there's some players, there's some good players in there, but like, isn't a weird Jack Bird? It, it, you know what? I remember when he was bursting onto the scene, and they were talking about he had issues with arthritis. And I, I remember thinking, man, I don't know how much you can rely on a player that has those underlying issues. And he's just, I mean, he, he he's played a little bit of good football, but at some point, he's just busted. Yeah, he hasn't been,
0: he hasn't been disgraceful, but no. he's one of those players, and you
1: see it a lot. Um, they relocate and go downhill. Yeah, yeah, they go for greener pastures, and it doesn't work out. Yeah, and look, he had, he had his spot set at the Sharks. Mm-hmm. He's playing really good
0: out there in the centres, and then went to Brisbane, they were trying to turn him into a 5'8", they tried to put him back at centre, tried him at fullback. Because they kept moving him around, trying to justify the purchase, essentially, he never got settled anywhere and never got a chance to prove his value. Mm. And he's just sitting there, injured, not being able to get on the field, and everyone's hating him for it. And it just makes okay. you wonder what he's going to do next, because there's no way knowing he's going to resign and stay there.
1: No. Uh, can you imagine it? if... It was Sherry and Bird in the the centers for the Sharks. I mean, that would be ridiculous yeah. if he if he stayed healthy. Yeah, it's it's crazy if, if you ever had those two there and he stayed healthy. That's a damn good center pairing. Yeah, I mean that might be the best center pairing in the league. I'm, I don't can't think of anyone else that um, jumps out at me in terms of center pairings.
0: Um.
1: Surely the Tigers. <laughs> nah. Oh, man. Right. We're going to have such a depressing September. Well, What we
0: should do, given we've been rather serious for quite a while here. Yeah. Have we had any emails?
1: Oh, yeah. Let me have a look. <laughs> Hang on a second. Uh, go there. Open that up. Go there. Put my finger on there. That's what she said. Okay, load up then. Load up. Load up. Here we go. It's still loading up. All right. And we've got nothing. Yeah. I know. Oh, hang on. Here's some from Sunday from Samuel. Um, sometimes it's not who you play, but when you play them, big upsets over the years due to big name players out due to injury or suspension
0: yeah I don't know it's okay. I think if you are honest the competition is, is pretty damn close and I think yeah. if you're not dialed in and playing at 100% or close to it then
1: mm-hmm. you every chance of getting beaten it doesn't matter which team you are yeah, I think these days, unless you've got... Um, like, there's certain players that are real linchpins, but, like, I mean, even if you took Aaron Smith out of the storm, you put Chuck Brendan Smith in there at, at Hooker, you're going to go all right. Um, you kind of need more than one or two players out at the moment to be catastrophically affected, I would say. Yeah. um in terms of who's out there. Um and I think you saw that in last year's grand final where Kronk was basically a passenger and they still managed to win. Um so yeah, I, I'm trying to think of like if there's a player in the NRL right now. Oh well I'll tell you one. I think Jason Tamalolo, and I think it's gonna be really interesting this year uh this this weekend, sorry, because he's out this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how the Cowboys forwards go without him because he might he might show that, like, not having him in the side, the Cowboys just go nowhere. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens as well. And I think, you know what, another one, out, when he isn't playing for the Panthers, um, we've got nothing in attack. Yeah. We have nothing. Yeah, the only attacking play the Panthers have got is completely removed. Yeah, yeah. If he's not playing, we basically are relying on, like, kicks to the corners and Nathan Cleary running the ball himself. <laughs> it's almost like watching the Dragons. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like, the you know, the Dragons' best play is, like, a kick towards the post and uh, the halfback comes through and he scores a try. That's Lumen pretty much bucks. it. Yeah, pretty much, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, oh, I just got an email alright it's not exciting because it's um it's from the Huddersfield Giants oh what's it say Simon Warford has named his 19 man squad for the game against Castleford this Sunday
1: nice I'm really looking forward to Huddersfield versus Castleford you ready for this yeah
0: I'll go through the team on for me okay and you tell me which team in Australia they could beat Okay. Okay. Daniel McIntosh, Jermaine McGilvery, Lee Gaskell, Cruz Leeming, Suai Matagi, Alex Mellor, Michael Lawrence, Adam O'Brien, Oliver Roberts, Akuma Tai, Jake Wardle, Oliver Russell, Tom Holmes, Sebastian Icahifo, Adam Wald, Sam Hewitt, Louis Senior, Inna Senior, Ollie
1: Wilson. Um could
0: they mm-hmm.
1: beat Could they beat the storm? No, I feel like they didn't. Couldn't. Who was that team that remember? Uh, Russell Crowe used to put on games in a farm in the middle of nowhere, and he had a team that he used to bring in players, old players into. What was that? I've no idea. You go over I, that yeah. one. You reckon
0: they could beat them?
1: I, I reckon they could because they used to sign. They used to have players because uh, Mark Guy played for them, and I, he did some big injury and there was some sort of issue with, like, who was paying for his surgery. God, I wish I could remember the name of it.
0: So you're saying Huddersfield could beat a team that's got Mark guy in it. Yeah, but, like, it was Mark guy when he was about 40. Yeah, you're saying Huddersfield could beat a team with Mark guy in at
1: 40. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's the best footballer on the field, right? But, you know... Yeah, it's still. Yeah. Yeah. Go through the household list. Tell me who's going to be better than Mark R at 40. <laughs> I've, I've got to look it up. Let me try and look it up. Hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Uh, Russell Crowe Games Farm. What was that place he used to live in? Oh, somewhere on the Central Coast, somewhere. No, yeah. Um, yeah, it was Central Coast, wasn't it? Central Coast. I'm pretty sure his wife owns it now. Um... <laughs> uh, uh, I can't find it. I goes, can't. I've sent you the
0: Huddersfield team, so you can have a quick look. Compare. Get back to
1: you, me. Okay, I'm trying. I'm trying to find. Hang on, I just opened the mail up. Uh, Let me. Nah, it's just showing me you all fucking refuses his dog entry to the ground. <laughs> Fuck off. What about? Um, I, I know. how... Was it? It wasn't. No. Nah, hang on. Hang on. I've got a better way to find it, Mark. Gaia injury, Russell Crowe.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> what was it called? Penrith International preseason seven storm at Coffs Harbour. Ah, oh, so maybe that was something a bit different, hey? Yeah, that was a bit different. Okay. Can you imagine MG playing sevens? <laughs> Damn it. I just can't remember the name of the team. Anyway, I reckon the Huddersfield would beat them. Okay.
0: <laughs> you seem confident.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a rugby league expert, Andrew. Well, yeah, I'm not debating that at all. <laughs> That's not in question here. I had some palms pissing and moaning about me saying about uh, the Titans had beat St. Helens, Hey, They didn't agree? No, nah, they didn't agree at all. And, like, we went through both lineups, and I still stand by it. I think the Titans had smashed St. Helens.
0: Yeah, the only difference I'd have is I would take the Saints' halfback over Ash
1: Taylor. Yeah, and, like... That's it. That, the only thing you could say is that, where the fuck is Ash Taylor? What's Dunno. he doing? Don't know. Yeah.
0: But at least the Saints' halfback turns up and plays footy. Exactly. And so he gets I, a nod. I have, I've got to respect that. At least he turns
1: up and plays. I picked a different player that I would swap out, and I can't remember who it was. Um, you, you said you'd have... Um, oh, I'd have Lachlan Coote on the bench. Yeah. Yeah. But that was it. Yeah,
0: that's it. But yeah, I'd, I'd put the the Saints half back in. I don't care who he is. <laughs> Whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Boy. Do you know there's a player over in England who's got the? Uh, he's got a name from the Flintstones.
1: What's his name? Barney Rubble.
0: No, Wilma. Wilma. <laughs> that's
1: hilarious. That's fucking hilarious, Wilma. <laughs> Uh, Why would someone do that? That's cruel. That really is cruel. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Ma, you should have done better. Yeah, just something else. Anything else. Barry. William Ma. (laughs) gosh,
0: (laughs) Terrible. All right, so um, let's see. Have there been any comments in the Periscope feed? He asked, expecting the answer to be no.
1: Well... I haven't been looking at the Periscope feed at Wait, all. Huh? I figured you hadn't. That's what i ask. <laughs> I don't know if it'll even come up. Hang on. Let me see if it'll... Uh, if I can... Yeah, I can't even look at it. It says we have two viewers. That's pretty good. Yeah. One of them might be me. I'm doing lots of, like, little love heart things right now um, with my thumb. Ah, self-love. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I've got pretty, pretty quick fingers, eh? Hey? Yeah. Just letting all the ladies out there know. I <laughs> know, oh that got weird really quickly. I'm sorry. That's fine. This is going to be a really good one to upload, hey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll upload this for sure.
0: All righty. Tell you- us about your Patreon. Yeah, the Patreon Mel's had a few people join up today, which has been great. Um, if you're listing just head over to patreon.com slash rlproject make sure you type in rlproject don't just go with rlp you'll get something that's not suitable for work Mm -hmm. and um, donate to rlproject on there Um, just a dollar ten per month that's it yeah if if everybody who follows me on twitter donate a dollar ten per month I'm sweet Mm. I'm sweet so, um, yeah, and that'll go towards the huge amount of work we've got to do it um, on, on the website there. So at the moment, it's about, I'll be as precise as possible, it's about 32% complete what's on the website.
1: There's, yeah, it's crazy how much work there is to do, like backfilling, um, all the hist- historical stuff. Yeah, there's
0: about, even the admin stuff, like there's close to 7,000 comments that have to be moderated and added, deleted, whatever else responded to. Mm -hmm. Um, That's gone back a few years. Um, There's so much stuff we've got that needs to be researched that's in the back end. There's all the data entry. Um, There's all the games that we need to investigate. All the stuff that we also want to put in there that hasn't even been added to the site yet. You know, we want to look at putting in there the results... For the reserve competition in Sydney and Queensland if possible. We're gonna get all the Queensland comp games, not just the, the Brisbane comp, but every comp every comp in Queensland in there as well. Um, we'd love to have the, the New South Wales country leagues in there. Probably even look at putting the New Zealand club competition in there. These are all stuff that we're open to putting in there, but you know, I'm I'm the resources and I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the research and i I need to be able to pay my bills so that I know, <laughs> like,
1: oh, that's pretty much what it comes down to and the thing I don't think a lot of people realize is that the the um statistics that you take for a lot of the English game especially it, there's nowhere really to find it all in one place except for rugby league project dot org yeah, it yeah, goes it for the, goes-
0: international games, a lot of the rep games. There's even a lot of rarely known games that are on there as well. A lot of people have forgotten about from the early days. Mm. Um, we've got the score scorelines for everything there. We do have the team team lists and the scorers as well. They all have to be transferred across physically, manually. Can't be done automatically. So, I think the thing I looked at one day was the, the number of games that have been played in the NRL is somewhere around 8,000, I think, or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, from something like 19, 1895 to 1929 in England. That's how long it took them to reach the same number of games that have been played in the NRL since 1908. That's crazy. Yeah. So there's almost, almost 50,000 games that need to be added into the site just from the English
1: club comps. Yeah, I mean, it takes time and it takes, yeah. and, and that's time that I, I know you have to sort of take away from, you know, doing other things that you do and that's why it would be fantastic for people to, and it, it's, not, it's not about the website, it's for all of Rugby League, like it's a real archive of Rugby League information and you know, it's not being saved anywhere else in one place. It's very, very fractured. It's very all over the place, and, and to have it all going and and set up and and having it all on one website is absolutely fantastic for the game overall. Yes. Um,
0: it's it's hard, hard work. So many people got to get in touch with just to find them the most meagreous of details because... We don't also we don't want to be seen as just report, recording the game, but there's a lot of people that are involved in a game of football. That's important to it, and that includes coaches and referees. Yeah, we want those all in there as well. We want to try and get attendances in there if possible. Um, and so trying to source all of that is damn hard work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're trying to put in any details we can. The international database is. Possibly the most complete there is for a resource anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so. I mean, David Middleton used this in his last annual. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Plus, there's What's also, uh, you know, all the books that I want to write as well that I've started and haven't been able to finish because I yeah. need to spend time doing research and writing and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, and I'll tell you now, there's there's at least a dozen books there that I want to write, mm-hmm.
1: um, which I can't do either while I'm got bills to pay essentially. Yeah, pretty much, and and like it re- it really is. It's a resource for the entire game, and I hope that. Uh you know, even if you can tr- contribute one dollar a month, like every single little shred helps. So, if you can go on to Patreon, look up um, RL Project, and you know, just every single little, even if it's 50 cents, I don't even know if you can do 50 cents. Can you do 50 cents? No idea. Don't think so. I think it's in dollars only. Dollars. Okay, just do one dollar. One dollar's
0: fine. Yeah. And worth noting too, it is in US dollars. Yeah, I found that out only to only recently. Um, so yeah, be mindful of that because with the current currency, that's about I don't know a dollar forty Australian or something
1: like that. Yeah, it's some around that. Yeah. So. But I mean, even a dollar forty, dollar is nothing. A dollar forty is absolutely nothing. And like, there'll be nobody that's online that has not gone to your website at some point. Yeah, and have got plenty of people who are well known who who uh,
0: support the the patron there. I mean Andrew Voss and mm-hmm. Yvonne Sampson from Fox Sports. Yeah, they're both very proudly announced that they are uh, they support the website on there and they they kick in a few dollars every month. Mm-hmm. You don't have to put tons in. Um, I think the the most being put in there is uh, twenty five dollars a month by someone. That's awesome, but most people do between two and five bucks a month. Yeah, and I'm not even asking for that much; just you know, one or two bucks, piece of you know, that'd be it. Yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, it's it's not, fantastic. Not only, not only will we be uh, helping Rugby League Project, but if you're on Twitter, you can ask me stat stuff because all I'm doing is Rugby League Project stuff and stats.
1: Ask me a question, I'll answer it. And the other thing is too, if if you like contribute to the RL Project Patreon we will be able to do even more podcasts. Well this is true. Like, I mean and we know that you want more podcasts.
0: Well the other thing too is um, if, if you're the sort of person that on Twitter who likes getting followers then if you, if you donate to me on Twitter then you'll get at least two Twitter accounts following. That'll be mine and the RLP one. And I'll follow them too. Well, there you go, look at that.
1: From now on, yeah, I'll follow them too. So, you know, if that's if that's your bag, yeah,
0: that, that's a way of getting a few extra followers there. We'll retweet some of your stuff.
1: Exactly, $1.40 and you get three followers. That's three high-profile ones too. And between the three of us, that's 14,000 followers that we have. Yeah, exactly. Look at the market you're tapping into. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Andrew's got some wonderful rugby league people that follow him, and so does Rugby League Project. I've got 7,000-something absolute pricks that follow me. Well, let's be honest. Not all of them are. Not all of them. There's, like, probably 15 or 20 of them that uh, aren't pricks.
0: Yeah. Do we have any guests coming up? And should we reveal them? Should we uh, keep them secret?
1: That's a good question. Look. I actually have to talk to you about a guest we're gonna have on Tuesday, Hey, eh? Oh no, yeah. I talked to you. Yeah, you told me talk about to... that one. Yeah, yeah, I talked to you about that one. Um An- hmm. another she. There's a clue for the humans. Yeah. yeah. It's a she's a she. We're, t- we're talking to a female. Oh yeah She's a lady. <laughs> She's a leader. <laughs> Don't know what we're going to talk about. I do. I do. Okay. There's plenty to talk about. There's heaps to talk about. But we've got, yeah, we've got some, uh, we're going to get some a few followers on, which will be interesting. We've got some uh, very high profile people that we're trying to get on. That'll be good. Um, who else? There's someone I was going to contact today, actually. Uh, who was it? Ah, uh, damn it. I was going to get in contact. I can't remember who it is now. I'll remember tomorrow. But, yeah, I was going to get... Oh, I know who it is. Yeah? Yeah, it's in, in regards to players. That broke it down a fair bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's in regards to, uh... Is it is Isaac Moses? No, because he's all about himself. Is <laughs> uh, uh Trent Barrett? No, because he doesn't do anything for plays. <laughs> you know, he educates them. Yeah, he just, you know. He, he gets some chairs. Gets some chairs, teaches them uh, how to be... He teaches all of the 18-year-old superstars how to become 20-year-old superstars. <laughs> <laughs> he educates them? Yeah. He takes credit for their work. Takes can you imagine? He took fucking credit for how manly we're going. That's embarrassing.
0: Um
1: who else could it be? Is it Paul Crawley? No, no, it's somebody that's not got those issues. <laughs> Man, I pulled that back. I pulled that right back. <laughs> A long way back. I really just, like, I was going to go in for it. That's like, your two more beers, and we would have had an issue. We would have uh, had to do an edit.
0: After you said, nah, I can <laughs> use the brakes at 300 <laughs> miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's labouring oh, going on. Stop, yeah, stop. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the little angel on my shoulder just pulling the reins hard, you know. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, two more beers and we're in trouble. <laughs> wow, how long have we been going for? Um, that's what she said. Uh, let me have a look. It's got to have been like. Let's have a look here. Got We've been on an hour. yeah, it's been a good episode. I've had fun. Have you had fun? Yeah, it's been entertaining.
0: Did we have any comments on the on the uh, pe- what is it Periscope?
1: I still didn't look. Good <laughs> work. I still haven't been looking. Um, I've got no comments on my Twitter. I don't think. Uh, um, lots of comments about Barrett. Um, what are some of they? Oh, I just like how he shit. Um, <laughs> so I had uh, Simon underscore David on Twitter saying he just finished listening to yesterday's podcasts on refs and the media, so I'm ready for continuation of Fergo on the Freak Marathon, so it's nice to have him on board. chris um, marathon? Christy Davis, so, too, she's always a big supporter. Matt Adard's always a big supporter. Um I'd say so, yeah. the um my
0: my uh better half has yes. has a friend who who also goes for the sharks and he's from down Victoria Way. Yeah. And today I believe he went for a drive up to Sydney. He's gonna go up there and watch the Sharks play mm-hmm. this weekend. Mm-hmm. And he said his name's Nathan. Yes. And he said he was listening to um uh, the last six or seven episodes of Ferg on the Freak on his journey up there. Oh, really? And I went, Well, thank you for your support. Um, Music would probably be better.
1: But (laughs) whenever I've done long term drives, like long distance drives, is what they actually are called, I uh, love listening to podcasts over music. Really? Yeah, yeah, I love it. I uh, I used to listen to Dan Carlin a lot. He's got uh, hardcore history podcasts. Oh, yes. yes, you got me love, them. They're, they're very good. Yeah, I I absolutely love those podcasts. He hasn't done one for about might have been eleven months since his last one came out. We're probably but, still uh, recording it. I mean, they do go for about fifteen hours each. They do. <laughs> they go for ages. It's funny because you can start off a series. He'll do like a like a three- or five-part series, and it'll go over two years. (laughs) And I'm not even joking. Yeah. No, they bring it. Yeah, that's outside of our podcast, which I listen to religiously. As soon as we finish recording, I start listening to ours. But uh, Hardcore Hardcore History is my favorite podcast. that's,
0: That's a quality control thing is what you're doing there. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I listen, I, like to to, sh- I listen to a lot of podcasts.
1: Oh dear. I yeah. didn't know that.
0: A lot of rugby league ones. Yeah. So I'm what in ones? T- I'm in touch with the Rugby League podcasting community.
1: Yeah. Um
0: well the ones I'm on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as, as full credits of the boys. Someone there doing stats every week. Yeah. Um almost cost them a uh a a a guest. With a, um, yeah, a a stat I made last <laughs> in the last episode, what was that? What was that one? I Can I you a, I made a joke about Aaron Woods.
1: Oh, he wasn't I mean, going to come on.
0: I think they're I think they're working on getting him on as a guest. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'll have to I might have to butter him up and, and do a good one next week.
1: Yeah, maybe you could uh, talk about how many ta- uh, how many cuddles he likes to make in a game or something. Well,
0: the one I made was, was saying that he made his first post
1: contact meter since 2016. Are you serious? That's yes. it's a bit harsh. That is pretty full on, but uh harsh but fair.
0: So I'll have to I'll have to talk him up in the next one to, to make things yeah. right again. Um yeah. League Digest. Yes. Um yeah, great they're doing this great series at the moment on the Super League war. They're about to get into um when the war kicked off, you know, April one. Yep. That's that's where they're at that's going to be next week's episode so um if you haven't tuned into it get over there listen to the previous episodes where it builds it all up and talks about the precursors to it and everything else and then um strap yourself in for the carnage that's about to come along there Mm -hmm. um sports best friends a couple of West Tigers fans and a few other people talking footy Mm -hmm. um that one's not too bad who else is there uh Woody and Slugs yep don't mind I follow them. that. I'm, I'm keeping the best one till the end, so I'll keep going. Who else is there? Um, Legal counsel. Yep. Tune into them. Um, Dead in goal. That's James Smith, friend of the show. Yeah. Um, he doesn't do a lot of episodes on there, but when he does, absolutely brilliant. So check them out. They're awesome. Ah, uh, what else is there? What's that kangaroo's one? Uh chasing kangaroos. Yeah, that one if you yeah. the name of it, Chasing Kangaroos. Um, I'm a few episodes behind that one, so I've got to catch up on that. Mm-hmm. There's um, the American Rugby League one as well. Yeah, I was listening to that last year. I've got to catch up on a few of those as well. Yeah. Um, there's also one about the Toronto Wolfpack, which I've been told about and haven't listened to yet, so I've got to get into that one. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The Voluntary Tackle. Yep. I'm a fan of that one. Uh, it's Rugby League by the Fireplace, I think, is another one. Yeah, yeah, I followed them for years. Hey, yeah, they're <laughs> not bad. Yeah. Oh, God, who else is there? I'm Trying sure there's. To... This, I'm sure there's others. I've just forgotten. them. Oh, yeah, there's rugby reloaded with Tony Collins. Yeah, if yeah. You want, if you want, like, the full history of a certain aspect of the game, broken down in ten minutes, bam, he's your man. <laughs> um, I think he's the only rugby leaky historian with a with a doctorate or a PhD or something like that.
1: Um, oh, you know what? I think there's two of them now because I believe Victoria Dawson also has a doctorate in rugby league history.
0: Really? Yes. She sounds like someone to make a great guest. She. Well, we're, we're going to try and get her on. Because the bloke I mentioned just before is keen to come on as a guest. I've just got to tear up a time with him. Yeah, yeah. And we've got to figure out what the hell we're going to talk about because he's going to yeah. make us look like absolute idiots. Yes, we. We need to find a topic that we can at least be competitive in. <laughs> we'll be like
1: football oval shaped. <laughs> I like the footies. <laughs> footies really good. <laughs> We're gonna have to. That we'll be. We'll. It'll be like uh, a real coach talking to Trent Barrett.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is exactly what it'd be like. Um. So yeah, there's. I went through a fair whack there. I'm pretty sure that was it. I can't remember if there was more or not.
1: Uh the the referees one
0: during oh, the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the the NRL podcast, the one that um Casey Badger does with with her husband. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say it like that. I know her husband's name, but I'm saying the important person first. Exactly. Cop We're that. big Casey fans. Got <laughs> that badge. Yeah. <laughs> I put out a tweet to Casey today. I told her about um, an article I wrote years ago yeah. about the the man who refereed in round 1, 1908 by the name of Ted Hooper. yeah, And he's also the only first-grade referee in the, the main comp who refereed two games in a row on the same day. And I said... Oh, wow. And I asked her, is there any referee today who thinks that they could do that? And she, she mentioned her husband. And I said, right, Magic round next year, he's lining up. He's got to do two games in a row. Ooh. on the same day. Because this is the thing, okay? It wasn't like this bloke, Ted Hooper, had much time between it either, okay? So the first game he did was kicked yeah. off at 2 o'clock. The second yeah. game kicked off at
1: 3.30. Oh, wow. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah. He had 10 minutes between the two games. That's it. Was it. Tell us about it. Was it at the same stadium?
0: Yeah, Wentworth Park.
1: Holy shit. It was 1908. Wow. See, I mean... To do it now, there's going to be a level of physical fitness you're going to have, and I guess the th- I guess the reason why the NRL would probably be reluctant to have it happen is just for the mental fatigue side of it, and the you know I, I, the referees are so open to criticism as it is, it would be so easy for you know any referee if they're doing their second game for someone, some idiot to say, oh, well, they they didn't call this right because they were tired because they've already done a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which I don't... I, I think if they're physically able to and they're, they've... You know, I think mentally... You know, mental fatigue is obviously something that would have to be taken into account, but I've got no doubt that they could do it.
0: Well, yeah. It's... It's phenomenal. Edward Hooper's got a, a fascinating story. He actually... Mm. He actually passed away in Brisbane when... This is long after he retired as a referee, by the way. But they yeah. did this thing between... I think it might have been a game between New South Wales and Queensland, up in Queensland. And at half time they did for, for entertainment, they had two teams of referees play against each other. Wow. And he refereed that game. And after the 10-minute game had ended... He walked down the tunnel. He waved to everyone who were all cheering and having a bit of a a laugh, or as the the media at the time said, a hoot. Yeah. Um, He he waved to everyone, walked down the tunnel, and he died in the shower.
1: No. He died in the shower? Yep.
0: And I think from memory he might have been, oh, 54 years old. Holy crap. He was a surf lifesaver for most of his years. He was a very fit, healthy man. Yeah. Um, But yeah, passed away at age 54. Used to work on the the beaches out of Bondi. Yeah. Um, He managed the first New South Wales team to play a game in Victoria. Oh, yeah. That was against England in 1914. And he he also took a New South Wales team over to New Zealand as their manager and had a unique situation over there where they went to one ground... Um, I wish I had the thing open to give you better detail but they went to one ground and the Rugby Union officials I believe, went to the ground during the night before the the league game and dismantled one of the grandstands and when the league officials turned up the next day, they saw it was all broken down so they rallied some of the people in in the village who were keen Rugby League fans and everyone including the players all got together and built a brand new grandstand there just in time for kickoff. Holy crap, that's incredible. <laughs> wow. I, uh, yeah, he's a shaker, a mover and a shaker. And uh, when in 1908, when, when he became a referee, the yeah. Giltman decided that every referee should get paid for every game they officiate because yeah. they're, they're important to the game. Yeah. Um, the referees all agreed that they would not take the money. Instead, they asked that the league keeps the money in its own coffers, to make sure it gets itself set up and running first.
1: Wow, that's amazing.
0: That's why you got to respect the referees. Because you know what's interesting? I was going to say, because when you realise yeah. that the game only just had money in the bank after 1909, it makes you wonder
1: whether that would have been the case if the referees had have accepted the payments. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what's interesting about the <laughs> early years is that the referees weren't just... I mean, these days the referees are almost compartmentalized, you know what I mean? They're like, they're referees, they do the games, and that's it. They kind of almost disappear, and, you know, they've got the podcast now, which is really cool, but they they don't really get too involved in anything else outside of it, whereas in the early days, they were very much involved in the administration of, not only the game, but teams themselves. It's kind of interesting that over time they they've changed from that. Yeah, it's um, oh,
0: it's fascinating the the stuff they were doing back then and how well they're respected by everyone. So when when he died, the the funeral was attended by tons and tons of players from the game, past and past and present. Mm-hmm. Um, huge funeral. Uh, I think shortly after he retired as a club manager, team manager, which I think was in the... around World War One period, um, he was made a life member of the New South Wales Rugby League.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they respected the referees hugely back then. Everyone I want... Been. It makes you wonder if... I mean, because back then, and, and I guess even now, like, if referees were allowed to... Be more, and I can understand why there there needs to be that almost disconnect from the teams because you can't have any thoughts of or or even any suggestions of bias towards team A, B, or C because you know they've been involved in the preparation for that that team or you know been involved in say the New South Wales or the Queensland team or anything like that. But I guess back then, people involved in the game they really understood that, you know, they were talking to people that were experts in the rules of the game and I mean back then the the rules of the game changed very significantly at times and they understood that these people went out and they did a, a job that was very important for the game and because they were also involved in the administration of the game, like, these people would have been, like, basically about as high up in terms of um, like a love for the game and a commitment to the game as you could get, yeah. even with players.
0: No, that's right. Um, it's funny you're talking about the referees couldn't really have an alliance with teams because um, even in 1908 when the, Ma- the New Zealand Maryside came over, they weren't too clued up on how the game should be played. So yeah. Sydney referee George Boss decided to teach them how the game was played. And he went around. He toured around with the team, and occasionally refereed games that they
1: were in. Damn! I love stories like that. Hey, <laughs> oh, like to, he... stories like that are the heart and soul of rugby league, in my opinion. Where you get just these little moments where it's like someone takes it upon themselves to to spread the wings of rugby league and. I just love it I absolutely love that stuff like that
0: yeah it's it's amazing what the referees did in the early days just to help the game out I mean they didn't need to there was no requirement for them they they didn't need to sit there and say no we don't want to take the money because I believe referees in Rugby Union got paid
1: yeah really and the plays didn't
0: yeah well because the referees aren't playing the game you know you can't doesn't matter if you're an amateur or professional as a referee that's a good point yeah so the referees in league could very easily have gone back to being rugby union refs i guess if they wanted to yeah but you know they said no no it's okay keep the money let's get make sure this game gets off the ground first their heart was in the right place and i think that is something that's always been the case is rugby league referees have always had the game first and it's in, it's indoctrinated in the actual referees from the very first
1: guys who did the job. It's yeah. and I, Carried through the whole way through. And they've still got it. And that love, that absolute love for the game, because it's hard to be a referee. I mean, especially these days. It's, it's very, very hard to be a referee. And there's this weird thing of like, and look, I... It, from an outsider's point of view and and that's what I consider myself to be an outsider I'm not involved in the game um it, it feels like the referees would feel like outsiders from the game as well to a certain extent and I might be wrong about that we'll we might get uh get Casey Badger back on and ask her about that in the future when she's on again um but yeah it's I would love to know if the referees these days would love to expand their roles within the game, even if it's through um, teaching you know, kids how to play the game a little bit better or teaching them the rules of the game or something like that. Um, I, I wonder if they would embrace... I, I, in fact, I know they'd embrace something like that. I know they'd love something like that, but I wonder if the NRL would want that to happen. Yeah, it's hard to know. Mm. Uh, I, do like, I do like
0: what, what Casey and uh, Gavin are doing with their podcast and stuff like that. I think, yeah. So I think it's brilliant. So, yeah, definitely need to get her back on and ask her some more stuff.
1: Uh, yeah. I, we didn't even touch the surface of what we wanted to ask her. So. No. And I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think in terms of the most fun we've had during a podcast, I think that's probably number I know it's number one for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was definitely a great, a great episode. Yeah, it was just, aw- it was awesome. It was just awesome. I know that when we finished that episode, um, we both felt like that was the best one we'd done. It was just great. We sort of sitting there half pissed off. We couldn't speak to her longer, but you know she's, she's obviously intensely
0: busy even on a day yeah. off, as we learnt, and um, yeah, we'll have to try and probably get onto it during the uh, the off season when her schedule may not be as as
1: heavy. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, there's, I, I have listened back to that episode, and there's a a couple of questions I think that I, I would love to have asked, but we just didn't have the time, you know. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just having a read on Twitter here,
0: mm-hmm. and the Oracle is on there, and he's made a pretty bold claim, but it, it yeah. ties in with. Some of the rhetoric, I guess, at the Daily Telegraph. Okay. He says, has there been a more disliked administrator in NRL history than Todd Greenberg? And it's all over his gift to Cameron Smith's wife. He says, I look forward to the day he is sacked or steps down. And I'd have to say, how many times has that, that sentence been said before? Has there <laughs> been a more disliked administrator in NRL history than, insert name
1: here? Yeah, I would in guess. single one yeah I was about to say from 1907 yep well, I mean even J.J. Gilton and he gets off the boat and they say listen J.J. <laughs> you've been we've sacked. got some bad news for you man <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah you've already been sacked you didn't
1: ever say thing yeah <laughs> so yeah I mean like I, I even think in in our lifetimes I mean people fucking hated Arco alright yeah and then that mean they then they hated Neil Whittaker and then they fucking hated David Gallup. Like there's just no, been no one that's been a rugby league's top dog and has been liked. No, that's alright. Yeah, it's impossible to be.
0: Yeah. Um, even Humphreys was hated on because of his whole talk of wanting to condense the competition and make it smaller. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how this rhetoric just continues on and on and on and on and on. And it comes from the media who have never administered any sporting competition ever. Yeah,
1: exactly. So how and the hell would
0: they know what a good administrator is? The fact that's that they keep asking true. for them to be sacked and get new ones in there who they say, so, oh, we've got a new administrator. This is going to be fantastic. And then a few years later, they're talking them down again. Shows that they don't even know what the administrator is supposed to be doing
1: and we had like I mean even Dave Smith and I'm trying like what was the name of that dude that come over from Rugby Union the Kiwi dude that was it Moffat David Moffat that's it yeah yeah now look
0: I don't think Dave Smith was all that bad no no did I because what he did is he he turned the Rugby League from a bunch of blokes administrating it to a professionally run business yeah um and yeah, I'm not even that opposed to Greenberg. I'm not saying he's done a great job, but I don't think he's been the worst we've ever had. He's just been okay. I don't yes passionately upset about
1: the stuff he's done or he hasn't done. See, I, I'm not a fan of him, and it's for more along the lines of I think he's a politician, and I've I've said before that I think we need an absolute iron-fisted dictator running this sport, and I think Greenberg is more interested in having morning teas and photo ops and um, doing the doing the things that I think the game yeah. needs. But the problem is, and I
0: am going to be defending a bit here, is part of the reason why he has to go and do all of that is because the player's misbehaving all the fucking time. Uh-huh. And that's kind of the reason why he's doing it. He's got to go out there and start being friendly with everyone and doing these things and Trying to put the game in a positive light,
1: that's pretty much all he does. Is that stuff. what you can? I, I want to ask you, what did you think of this whole thing about um, the NRL buying a fifteen thousand dollar diamond ring for Cameron Smith's wife?
0: Uh, stupid,
1: uh huh. I can
0: see what they've done it, I understand the sentiment, I just don't uh-huh. think it was necessary. Like, if you're going to spend... I can understand, you know, they're coming along the lines of, you know, behind every good man is a a greater woman, that sort of angle. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. But when that money is designed for the game of Rugby League, you know, then I don't see how that was necessary. Especially given that it's not like Cameron Smith has been getting around on 40 grand a year either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've done pretty well out of rugby league. Yeah, uh, so I just—it was just unnecessary. Was stu- I think it was a stupid decision. Um, I'm not going to sit there and say that he needs to be sacked over it. I just think it was just a, a dumb judgment call. I understand the good sentiment behind it. I can't criticise him for having a good, good intentions and good sentiment, but yeah, it was—it's not his money to be doing that with.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Like, if it was, even if it was a couple of thousand bucks, I'd be like, listen, it's a couple of thousand dollars, but 15,000 bucks is a significant amount of money. That's hefty for a piece of jewelry. That is hefty. That's a whack. And the thing is, too, like, as you say, it's not like Cameron has not been on close on I mean, he's got been he's got to have been around a million bucks a year for a certain number of years, you know. Yeah. Um, he's always been in the rep sides, so he's got that extra money as well. Yeah, he's been, Yeah, exactly. Um, and and so like, I, I just I don't understand it, and I think that it was extremely tone deaf. I think that there was probably an element in there that. Um, maybe had to do with women in league, but was just off kilter. I think and I think the announcement I, of it was to
0: coincide with women in league. Look at yeah. how great we are with women. And yeah, I don't see how that was. Look, I understand he's recognizing the wives. That's good. Do that. That's fine. You don't need to give them a fifteen thousand
1: dollar ring. No, not at all, and there's look, there's fantastic women that work in rugby league and they work thanklessly um they are working every day for rugby league, and you don't hear about them, and there's a lot of them that don't look for the spotlight they just get, they just love the game and they do their job, and they get time, on. Bob
0: Smith didn't go looking for it either, though. She didn't go to the NRL and say, "I want something," because my husband played four hundred games. She's never that, been in the media.
1: That's that's true, but and my criticism isn't of her. No, I right? understand that. I understand that. But it's just a. It shows how nuts the whole thing is. Yeah, and very toned out. And look, it's it's brought a focus on her that is not needed, and it's brought negative. Um, negative thoughts and energy on towards her and negative of negative focus on towards her. And it it just, I think it was very, as I said, I think it was very tone deaf by the NRL. And I think if they had their time over again, they might have done something different in terms of maybe waited for Cameron to retire and, and done something then that was maybe not so much towards Um, like in in, in a diamond ring, but maybe something for the him and his family rather than than a gift. Yeah, I think that probably would have been a better thing to do. It's just a bit weird. And a a
0: ring? A $15,000 ring? I mean, when I think of a $15,000 ring, I'm thinking of something you give someone when you want to propose to them. Yeah, I mean...
1: That's a whack for just a ornamental piece of jewelry. That's that's three or four times what I would propose Propose with. Like, what the hell, man? That's the sort of ring that, like... <laughs> no, nah, I'm pulling it back. Sorry. I heard the break I'm again. sorry, listeners. <laughs> I
0: was hearing the handbrake again. <laughs> yeah, I pulled on that. I, I, I went quite sad. I
1: wonder if the break will fail. <laughs> I wish I could say <laughs> I'm
0: it's so theory. funny, too, oh shit, yeah oh. um yes, that was that was the dumb dumb decision, so it was
1: <laughs> 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 oh shit, man well, September <laughs> what are we gonna do with ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, that's a that's a damn good question. Um You're a Sharks fan. I'm a Storm fan. Imagine if they made the grand final, that'd be fun. <laughs> we could talk about how each each
0: team that we support had um less less
1: severe cheating than the other. Yeah, we, we could, could line up we could have we'll a kill. stalemate in the end and no one wins. Yeah, we could do we could do like our preview could just be all of their worst cheating moments, hey <laughs> That'll take up an hour. That would be fantastic, yeah. An hour. <laughs> oh shit. There's a full episode right there. That'd be fantastic. See, we're setting things up for the future. Here we go. Now one other thing we need to discuss is we did yeah. a poll
0: recently on the uh, the podcast Twitter account for whether we should have music. That's part of the yes. sure show or not? Yes. And a slightly, a slightly overwhelming <laughs> response. That doesn't really work as a term, but I'll go with it anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, about sixty percent said yes. And we're not, we're not fully convinced that that's enough to persuade us to do it. We're not sure. It is a majority. So. We're thinking of some music. We had someone suggest that we should do...
1: A song with Freak in it... Mixed, m- mashed up with Fergalicious. Yeah, I saw that. That was a pretty good idea. Um, I've never heard the the song Fergalicious... Uh, because I'm a straight man. So I've got no idea what it sounds like. Yeah. You know, there's heaps of songs with Freak in it... Like this, um so Freak you- on a Leash... Yeah, there's. It's uh, the a classic track. Yep, there's uh, obviously the most classic of all, Super Freak by Rick James. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's a number of. But there's not too much Ferg or Furgo and stuff. So, Fergalicious, that's pretty damn close. Yeah, there's another one which you could use based on the
0: theme song that Full Credit to the Boys made for me over there. And that's oh. they, they changed Scat Man to Statman yeah we could do that so you just rip them off someone else has ripped them off already so we could do that again um, but the thing is too is that those songs aren't the type of musics that uh, that you or I listen to we both listen what? to it too well you know the Fergalicious and that sort of stuff yeah. it's, it's pop pop dance songs we don't
1: listen to that yeah. I do listen to Rick James though everyone does I love Rick James everyone does Um, So, yeah, we've got to figure out
0: something. And in the end, as much as we want it to feel like we we respect your opinions and your thoughts, in the end, we are going to do whatever the hell we want to do.
1: Yeah, I think what Andrew's saying is, shut the fuck up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, so we take our cues. From, from the public, so they've said we need to get a theme song, so we're going, okay, we'll get a theme song don't yeah. tell us what theme song it is we'll make that decision for ourselves Yeah, we'll tell you what we like
1: <laughs> you, you'll, you'll get what you get and you'll be thankful for it, damn it yeah, so um, also doing
0: mashups and songs, um, that requires A, work, and B probably re- licensing some sort of talent. <laughs> yeah. So, in the end, um, Freaky's going to make something up. Yeah. With a few a few bottles and a couple of tins and, you know, a few
1: bones from a former employee in the cage out the back. Pretty much. Uh, what, maybe what we could do is, is do, like, a vote where... We ask what type of music, intro music, like, should we do a country intro? Should we do a rock intro? Should we do, like, just shit that's weird sound effects? Should we do things that we've said previously on the podcast as an intro? Um, That'd be interesting. Yeah. What is this here?
0: Just reading my Twitter account here.
1: Yeah, have we got some news, have we
0: nah I made a comment um the oracle said for mine the coach of the year is a no brainer it's a classic two horse race Brad Arthur has taken the eels from the spoon to being entrenched in the eighth and Hazard has taken mainly from 15th to fourth and he thinks Arthur will win and oh, okay, I, I decided to do a little bit of devil's advocate just a little bit of um baiting just the yeah. response I get and I said Arthur also took them to that spoon. Yes. That's a very good point, Andrew. Um, Hasler, Maguire, Morris, Pay have all done phenomenal things given their circumstances and should be the four nominees. And someone just replied and said, Morris has taken a top four team to outside the eight. Now, let's also remember that. That's a top four team that was besieged with injuries. And he took over the club in, what, January, after the head coach got the arse. Yep. For life. And they've been misbehaving all off-season. Yep. He's brought through a ton of rookies and managed to keep them in the hunt still. Yeah. Not bad for a bloke in his first year of the job without any preparation. Um, Yeah. Maguire will miss the eight. Yeah. Look at the cattle he has to work with. Yeah, just getting as close as he has is like a miracle. Yeah. And the Tigers have been missing the eight four years. He's actually made them defensively solid and consistent to some degree Um, Pay plays the worst of footy in the comp and until a few weeks ago was dead last yeah until a few weeks ago now they've won a heap of games and
1: they actually could be about to pass the Dragons on the ladder and climbing further up it's almost as though he took the worst lineup in the league and has slowly made them better yeah and look at them he had the worst cap and the worst squad of any team and they are not last and they're moving up the ladder yeah, and playing above themselves. Like, that's the thing about Maguire's team and Pay's team is they're both playing above themselves, and it's just unquestionable. Um, yeah, so there you go. Brad Arthur, Coach of the Year. I wish that there was all of the acid in the world that you could do that would make anybody ever think that Brad Arthur should be the Coach of the Year. I mean, dead set. I am not even think Parramatta fans would believe that. He t- yeah.
0: He got them to the finals, then he got them a spoon, and he's got them back into the finals again. If he was any yeah. good coach, he wouldn't have been getting them from the spoon in the first
1: place. Yeah, and they've been lucky that there's been a bunch of teams that have underperformed too. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, he's had the, the Panthers,
0: the Broncos, the Dragons, should have all been the top eight, as have, as should Cronulla. Cronulla yep Um, but because of all the dramas that went on with those clubs either during the season or in the off season there's four teams it's not that that leaves Parramatta out and they're not locked in yet Mm. they're very very close but they're not locked in yet
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know if Brisbane and Cronulla win all of their remaining games and Parramatta lose all of theirs
1: who knows what will happen with the points difference All we know is that Brad Arthur would get a contract extension. Yeah, he needs one. (laughs) He just needs 10 years. Why does he need a
0: contract extension?
1: So that no one else's club picks him up. Exactly. I've heard Manly hasn't put in an offer for him.
0: Would he be an upgrade on McGregor?
1: Oh, man, that's a really good question. Um... Damn, that's a really good question. I'll say this: McGregor has never won a wooden spoon. That's a very good point. That's a really good point. If I had to choose between the two, man, that's so difficult. I think I'd choose McGregor. Oh man, I don't know because McGregor's got a better, way better lineup. That's uh, a right. he does. That's the problem with it. <laughs> Like and at times he's got their defense looking really good, but that fucking lineup is a top four team. They're a top four team without question. And look at them; they're terrible. (laughs) I wish they just they just need to sign Trent Barrett from Penrith and get it done with. Yeah, yeah. He's a he's a hometown boy. He's from like the. He used to play for the Illawarra Steelers. He'd be great for the Dragons.
0: Did did um, Barrett sign to a set uh, set length of contract? I haven't seen any
1: set length. No,
0: because there was one thing that I was glad about that decision. Yeah, bear with me. Yeah, it's given us content for as long as he's there. <laughs> Like whenever we need to do an episode where you feel, yeah, you know, we we don't have anything to talk about, I'll just yeah. say, do you want to talk about the Panthers and Trent Barrett? Okay, you get a <laughs> fire up, and then we got another fiery episode, and we're just done. We can
1: just do that every second week. You know what it reminded me of because I used to just go off my head about uh, Matthew Elliott down at the Canberra Raiders. Like, even before he got there and they were talking to him, I was like, this is going to be a disaster. And I went off for years about that. And then when he turned up at Penrith and it was like, this is the rugby league gods teaching me a lesson. And I felt like the same way when I found out Trent Barrett was coming to Penrith.
0: The thing that you need to worry about here is that if Penrith miss the finals and they don't make the finals next year, yeah, <laughs> there's one bloke who's perfectly positioned to take over the head coaching role. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you need to worry about. I and know then we'll be having discussions. Then I can I can picture the the episode now. Wasn't uh, was Matthew Elliot a better coach than Trent Barrett currently is? And uh, you'd be sitting there having this having conniptions. You'd be conflicted, and you'll go. You know what? I think Elliot's
1: better. And it's going to come to that. And it's going to be the most glorious episode ever. But what would Trent Barrett be able to whinge about? Because the Panthers have this amazing facility. Yeah, you
0: know, but that's the thing. He'll have nothing to whinge about. He'll still, yeah. he'll still be shit. Yeah. In the end, <laughs> your, your argument for saying Elliot was better is
1: the fact that he never took praise for something he never did. I remember when Elliot was coaching us, and I remember there was that one year we got second place, and it was like kind of we pulled it out of our ass. And I remember people on Twitter saying to me, oh, see, he's a good coach. We got second place. Man, I could have burnt the world to the ground. <laughs> I could have fucking set everything on fire. I was so fucking angry because I knew that it meant that we'd have him for years to come. Yeah, it just looked like uh, a few more years. Ah. Uh, I'm still not over Matthew Elliott's time at the Panthers. Hey,
0: we need to we need to settle you down and get a full episode out of you over that. Yeah, I, I've got PTSD over it.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez, you, you need to have a purge. I do. I, we, what we, I should do is sit down, look at some of the lowlights, and there's because there's no highlights of the time. And I mean, it was like him and. Matt Adamson and Craig Gow and it's just fuck <laughs> none of it's good none of it's good not a damn shred of it is good well there you go we might leave that cherry
0: mm. for some time down the track that's going yeah. to keep people waiting on bated
1: breath for that episode yeah we'll bring it to you don't worry yeah. Yeah. maybe for that one I should get just absolutely sloshed.
0: Well, sloshed to the point where you can still be coherent.
1: Yeah, like where basically where I'm lying down on the ground, holding the microphone against my face, like the side of my face, and just being like, you know, you know like... <laughs> <laughs> uh, one beer back from that point. Yeah, exactly. Just yeah. one. Yeah. As soon as
0: you say, I'm going to have a lie down, we're going to have to close the episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) See, the problem is I would be more likely to be like, you know, I've been lying down on the ground for half an hour or so. I didn't even realise when it happened.
0: (laughs) It's so warm down here. Oh, I'm sleeping on the dog again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why isn't he breathing? Uh He'd still breathe. I remember when... uh, I remember in The Sopranos when Christopher Moltisanti was in a drug-induced haze. I think he was using heroin, and he sat down on the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't funny at all. I know I laughed, but it wasn't funny at all. So <laughs> that's another thing I never watched was The
0: Sopranos. Oh, really? No.
1: Nah. You missed Adriana going, Christopher. <laughs> Anyway. And the
0: way they pronounce the word whores. Who is? Who is?
1: I love it. I still, not that I say the word very often because it's disrespectful to women. Um, But when you say who is, it's the best. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: now, just to quickly recap, we spoke about yes. podcasts that I like, and I, meant, I intentionally left one off because I wanted to, I wanted to mention it right at the end. Yeah, I know the one you mean. The starting block. Follow on Twitter, at the starting block. Drop the K on the end. Tune in every Wednesday night uh, on Twitter, Periscope. They're on there. Uh, They've got their own podcasts. It's just the the Periscope ones turned into an episode. Um, Subscribe to them, like them. They are
1: just fucking hilarious bastards. Yeah, take them within yourself. And uh, take them deep because you will not regret it.
0: Bask in their glories. Mm. That's not even a word, but that's they deserve a
1: word. Just made up. Gloriness. That's that's them. I'm telling you that that episode they did, that was only for people that watched it live. Damn, that was so good. <laughs> that was so
0: good. See, I only caught about half an hour of it, and what I did saw was was brilliant yeah I just wish I could have seen the whole thing but anyway <laughs> it's lost into the ether now yeah well, Damn Mark ether. Zuckerberg's probably got a hold of it somewhere probably so on that fantastic note we might wrap up this episode what do you reckon
1: yeah, it's been fantastic. I've really enjoyed being able to purge after watching the Pen- Penrith Panthers just drop their guts in on Suncorp Stadium. Um, their season goes into the ground that used to be a cemetery with all of the other corpses that are underneath Suncorp Stadium. Our season is over, in my opinion, and I'm not happy about it. But what can you do? I look forward to the NBA season starting soon.
0: Yeah, and at the end of the NBA season, you get Trent Barrett at the Panthers. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you end an episode. That was fantastic. Yes. Uh, Yes. We'll, uh, I don't know, are we going to do another live show this weekend?
1: Maybe. Uh, well, what, what, what games have we got? Let's have a quick look at the games because I I always forget the games. Um, no, I don't forget the games. Really, I'm a rugby league expert. So we've got uh, Knights versus Cowboys tomorrow. I believe you said you're doing Storm versus Raiders for a website. Yeah. Um, and then Rabbitohs versus Bulldogs. I don't mind doing any games. To be honest with you. Yeah, we might
0: ask the uh, the public which one they want us to do. We'll
1: do a poll. (laughs) Yeah, there's not any killer games. I mean, you know, normally the Sharks versus Dragons is a kick-ass game, but, you know, the Dragons are playing like garbage this year, so that should, I mean, the Sharks should just annihilate them. With any luck. Yeah. They really need Trent Barrett at the Dragons. They really, really do. Please.
0: Yeah. yeah, it looks like they've they've made the wrong decision and not gone local. Exactly. I might regret that. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that miserable note.
1: Mm.
0: We'll close this up. Thanks for tuning yeah. in everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we'll catch you all later.
1: Goodbye, world.